0: It's Wednesday, March 23rd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Jason Moser, from Income Investor James Early, and from Motley Fool Asset Management Bill Mann. Guys, good to see you. Hey, hey. You Why players?
1: am I always introduced last? Um, you to save the best for last.
0: It's- Bill right. nice save, requires Jason. a special hey. police escort to come here. It
1: <laughs>
2: it's not a police escort, but he has to be escorted up from asset management.
0: We're not suggesting that there are handcuffs involved. wrong with Bill. No, <laughs> Nobody's suggesting yeah. that. All right, guys. We've Why got, don't I have a cop? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Fed rejecting Bank of America and Howard Stern suing Sirius. But we begin today in Egypt, where the stock market was open for trading for the first time in nearly two months, and it wasn't pretty. Bill, the market was down almost 9%. What happened? Well, of all the companies in uh, in in Egypt,
1: only one went up. <laughs> the rest of them were down. What's called limit down, which means that they were down ten percent. And in fact, the only mm. reason that the market didn't close down ten percent is because trades for sixteen companies were canceled.
0: Yeah, they closed it early. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It was called for rain very early. <laughs>
0: was this expected? Was this a surprise?
1: It was not a surprise at all, and it, and, and actually. The only reason they opened the market, they're not ready, but the MSCI, which is basically the group that, that manages indices around the world and figures out what countries go into certain conti- constituent indexes, mm-hmm. basically said, after two months, we're going to kick Egypt out of the Emerging Markets Index, which which would have created more selling. I mean, I guess more than the 10%, because you would have had forced selling. So, they kind of had to do
0: it. They had no choice, and but everybody knew what the result was going to be?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they knew that there were going to be a lot more sellers than buyers. So, what is Jason, the ultimate result, though?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's you know somewhere between Japan and Charlie Sheen. We kind of forgot about Egypt, but I mean, I was <laughs> I, <laughs> I was reading the other day. Sheen. Just I mean, they they actually legitimately had some some pretty successful successful elections there to amend uh, the constitution. And I think one that really the, the one that caught my eye was the the presidential term limits. So now, I mean, before you know pretty much you you get into an office and you can hold it until you die, and then just pass it down in your family. Uh, now it's, it's two four-year terms, uh, kind of like some other countries we know, uh, and you're done, which I think is encouraging. But you know, I've, I've gotten emails from friends over there who say, while they're very happy that, that things are changing and Mubarak is gone, they're, they're trying to figure out where all their money went now and and they don't know what to do
1: i mean not really try to figure it out they well they, they know, yeah. they, know.
3: <laughs> they just want to know where it is right exactly i think it's part of that 90 billion net worth that mubarak's claiming <laughs> james
2: but much as the revolution was good overall i mean this they have an educated populace but this is these are the kinds of problems that take decades likely to resolve i mean they're not going to just spring back immediately
0: oh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a long long road ahead well Occasionally, when these types of situations happen, where we see a massive sell-off in, in one particular industry or country, uh, the question arises, is this a buying opportunity? Is there a buying opportunity, or is this just a void like the plague?
1: Well. There are buying opportunities. I mean, I think the thing that you can certainly say about Egypt is the worst performing stock market of any size in the world for this year. And when that happens, you're talking about a macro issue. And there are companies in Egypt that don't have so much exposure to Egypt. They just happen to be from Egypt or they don't necessarily have exposure to Mubarak. So there are, there are companies that you can look at. But this is bad. I mean... <laughs> 10 percent i mean at 10 percent they shut it down and said okay you can't go down anymore today that doesn't mean that the selling's done that just means that the selling is done today
0: (laughs) be interesting to see what tomorrow brings
1: i think we're going to find out
0: (laughs) the federal reserve rejected a plan by bank of america to increase its dividend from a penny a share this comes in the wake of citigroup and two other large banks being given the green light to increase their dividends James, what does it say about Bank of America that they got shut down like this? Not much. I mean, certainly the, the dividend to begin with, Chris, was a penny
2: per share. So increasing it modestly, I mean, you know, you go to two cents and you double it. 100%! Do exactly. yeah, you double exactly. it. <laughs> so plus, all the other banks, are, or many other banks, are allowed to increase their dividends. The key point here is that the Fed sees things that we don't. You know, it may x ray glasses. I don't know. It, it can see into to Bank of America's financials, and, and the stress test has information that we're not privy to. So they're saying, as good as Bank of America is trumpeting their results, the Fed says no. So I have to trust the Fed over Bank of America here.
0: Bill, um, this kind of seems on the surface like a pretty strong move, and therefore a good move by the Fed. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the thing that you want to keep in mind is that one of the things that the Fed
1: has really tried to do is to raise confidence in our financial system over the last couple of years. I mean, that's really been the underlying underlying goal. Um, It's not confidence-raising to tell a big bank that you can't raise your
0: dividend. (laughs) Not just a big bank, the largest bank.
1: (laughs) yeah. Stipulate. I didn't want to exaggerate, but that's (laughs) fine. Um, I would say that for the Fed to have come out to do this, that they've got some pretty strong evidence, or they've got some pretty strong data that would say that Bank of America is not nearly as strong as it would suggest.
3: You would think that tier one capital ratio would probably be sufficient enough, but apparently that's not going to be quite enough here. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a company that paid four billion dollars for Countrywide back in 2008, and they're still, you know, losing money on that today. I mean, they've lost nine
0: billion to date. You're saying the Countrywide deal didn't work out for them so far?
3: <laughs> so far, no. But you know, uh, but there's still time. You know, they're they're nine billion in the hole and facing countless lawsuits here. So I don't I don't think I want to be a part of that. It, my, my favorite unloved business
2: topic is that in 2009, this thing called Topic 820 20 emerged, which is where the FASB, this is the accounting uh, standard-setting board, pressured by Congress, uh, basically let banks have significant leeway in marking their own loans in terms of the value. So that enabled banks basically to warehouse bad loans as opposed to the government government setting up an entity to do that. Yep. And the upshot is that banks having this more leeway might not have, uh, or with this more leeway, did not adequately mark down bad loans. So Bank of America could very well be sitting on loans that are much worse than its reporting on its
0: balance sheet. Wow, with a sexy name like Topic 820, it's hard <laughs> to believe. James, it's <laughs> it's like why do we all A20 not yet? know about that? Um, so James, as the resident dividend guy, I mean, What's it going to take for Bank of America to to be able to raise their dividend, which would put a big smile on your face?
2: We don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Fed has to approve. I mean, presumably, if if they can't even raise it, oh, it's odd that they were able to give a penny in the first place, but now they can't raise it. You know, so so one wonders yeah. what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You should see, Topic Eight Twenty One. <laughs> It was originally FAS157-4. So know, that's just topic
1: 820 is even clearer.
0: Wow. Much- they, just,
1: they just figured out that that was death by radio, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> And finally, Howard Stern is suing Sirius XM for refusing to pay stock awards that Stern says he is owed based on targets in his original contract. The issue appears to be whether subscribers from XM, which merged with Sirius in 2008, should count towards subscriber goals in Stern's contract. Stern says that it was his presence at Sirius that forced XM to merge uh, Jason shares of Sirius down about three percent so far today what's your reaction to this story
3: well I mean first I just would say let's in all fairness let's let's remember actually who filed the suit here because the suit is actually uh, filed on behalf of 112, which is Stern's company, and Don Buckwald, who's his agent. So, I mean, the person you, you want to look at who's going to be who's the one that stands to benefit benefit the most from this, and and actually, Buckwald stands to benefit significantly. Uh, but regardless, I mean, it looks like ultimately. Somebody somewhere got sloppy uh, on the on these contracts because they're trying to determine whether XM subscribers pre merger should count to their subscriber goals post merger. So somewhere someone dropped the ball, and my my guess is at least with this, they're going to settle this thing out of court. I mean, they're going to get it figured out because if they let this thing drag on, it's it's I don't think it really does anybody any good. Bill,
1: yeah, I think it's uh, I th- I think it's pretty clear that there is a very nervous contract attorney somewhere at Sirius <laughs> 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 right now. There's None of us have seen the contracts, so right. we don't know what's we we don't know what's in it on the surface, this doesn't pass the smell test. I mean, it doesn't pass the smell the smell test that that Stern would have credit get credit, but at the same time, contract law doesn't work on the smell test. It works on what's on the paper. so we are guessing a little bit about what's on the paper. but if they've got a case, i mean it, I, I think it'd probably be settled pretty quickly
0: if you are uh, Mel Carson, the CEO. What do you do here? Do you settle this thing? Do you fight it out a little bit? What do you think, Jason? I think he's
3: got to settle it. I think they've got to look at CBS as uh, considering hiring Charlie Sheen back. They're going to groom <laughs> Sheen for about five more years till Stern's contract runs out, and Sheen is going to be the next major American radio host <laughs> on Sirius XM.
2: Mild obsession with Charlie Sheen. The guy's all right? about winning.
3: <laughs> Bill, what do you think?
1: <laughs> I don't know if you settle it. I mean one of the big issues for Sirius XM is that they've got a 40% preferred stake that's held by Liberty Media. So shareholders would really be diluted if this is something that, you know, that that
3: they try to they have to settle because you're talking about potentially hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, and as an so, investor, you finally see the light at the end of the tunnel here where the company could actually start becoming profitable and possibly have a future there, and then something like this kind of knocks it off the rails.
0: James
2: I would fight this on principle. It just, you know, it, maybe there's
3: something in the contract that I
2: don't know about, but but Bill's right. It doesn't pass the smell test. We, a, a lot Neither mention, does Chris for that.
0: I was <laughs> saying, okay. a lot of mention of the smell <laughs> test today. All right, Bill Mann, Jason Moser, James Early, guys, thanks for being here. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.